Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably, maybe. This and other maybe facts on the Dynasty Crossroads. Check it out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your host, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Matt. Over there is Ryan. We all made it for this episode. It's number 582 of the show, and it's all three of us for what feels like the first time in forever. Matt was out of the country. Ryan was, I don't know what Ryan was doing, but he was away for a minute there too. I stepped away uh, about a month ago as well, but it's all of us this week. Uh, And we're excited because the preseason is in the books. The regular season is, it feels like we're in like a dead period, this delay, this this like week or so where we don't get to watch any football. That's brutal. Oh, but uh, man, are you ready for the grind, Matt? I mean, you stole my 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 joke off the top. I was going to say that I can't believe we only have one more week till football. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm this this week. We're going to take off. We're going to have uh, not take off from the show, of course. I'm back uh, full time for that all season long. Um, but you know, one last week to spend with family before we disappear into uh, a haze of. Of, of the gridiron, right? Uh, and I know we're all so excited for it. I, I certainly cannot wait. Uh, the, these preseason, I don't know about you guys, but this preseason of what I did watch, a little bit underwhelming uh, in terms of what we saw this year compared to previous years. Oh, really? I actually was, I, I, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. Wow. I, I was I, I re-energized, really. I, we got to see some star players a little bit. With, like the Chiefs played played Patrick Mahomes and even Travis Kelsey got out there. That was exciting. And as a Packer fan to see starters on the field, that felt good. We saw most of the elite quarterbacks. We saw all of the uh, top end wide receivers darn near. So it it was nice to, at least in glimpses once again, to see some of the studs that we're going to be relying on. uh, Although they were all removed from the field relatively quickly. And we're going to get to some of those takes in this week's episode, we got some news to get to. We're going to try to answer some unanswered questions about this preseason. So we'll do that. We got to get in the Dynasty DeLorean and we'll plant our flag and some things that we've been thinking about throughout the preseason about this coming season. But before we get to any of that, I should mention that this episode is brought to you by League Tycoon. And if you haven't heard of League, League Tycoon, well, you have now. They they are a salary cap running site. And if, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I'm a salary cap guy. I love contract leagues. Well, Ryan and I uh, put our heads together to, to start up a league tycoon salary cap league. And I tell you what, we're in the midst of the startup. And I am blown away by the, honestly, just by the app itself. And that's really all I have experience with at this point. If you're familiar with auctions in any way, you got to check out League Tycoon. It's so user-friendly. The user experience is so much fun to have your auction. You get quick alerts on your phone every time you're on the clock to nominate, every time you're outbid, or every time an auction is about to end. So you, uh, it feels like the league participation is at an ultra high level. Everybody's getting these push notifications throughout the entire auction. And they're checking in on it. 
and making bids. And it feels like everybody in the league is, is being ultra aggressive. And we've seen some interesting bids for sure. Uh, we've seen some aggressive bidders and we've se- now seen some that are laying back. Uh, what I love about League Tycoon, though, is that it's a salary cap setup. Uh, it's all auction based, of course, which we all love. And they have that app, which is so user-friendly. It's got a uh, chat room on it. You get notified when somebody says something in the chat room. League participation is at an ultra high. So if you've ever been thinking about salary cap, if you've ever been thinking about auction or uh, anything like that, the user experience is excellent. They have short, quick, precise videos on how to run your team and how to make your decisions for your franchise. Uh, on a year-to-year basis. It it looks like it's going to be really fun. I've already committed to writing articles about League Tycoon and this league that we're running on DLF for this year, and I can't wait to do it. So uh, if you get a second, check out League Tycoon before the season starts. That's LeagueTycoon.com. Let's get to the show, guys. The Startup. Well, we're recording this on Monday evening, so right before the deadline for Jonathan Taylor. So by the time some people might be listening to this, there might be a new startup. Uh, We'll have to cut in for that, I guess. Uh, The biggest news of the week, guys, this might be the last time that this guy is the subject of the startup on the DLF Dynasty podcast. It's Trey Lance. He's dealt to the Cowboys, Ryan, for a fourth round pick. I guess he gets a fresh start as Dak's backup. Yeah, that's that's certainly how it appears. Um, I, I guess if you're a Trey Lance fan, uh, if you're a Trey Lance manager with with uh, with high investment in him on your fantasy on your dynasty roster, I guess this is a good thing. I mean, he goes from being third string to second string. We can kind of feel good about that. Um, I, I have been surprised though. I, I love would love to hear what you guys think about this. I've been surprised by the reaction because it has been almost completely negative, but it wasn't that long ago that uh, Cowboy fans, the NFL, the NFL fans in general, dynasty players were ready to, to give up on Dak Prescott. So frustrated with all these turnovers, uh, the inability to win in the playoffs. And I'm certainly not suggesting that Trey Lance would come in and, and take his job, but um yeah, I guess I've just been surprised that all of a sudden Dak is locked in for years to come as the starter and that he can't be touched. Yeah, I I don't believe that in the slightest. You know, we've all read the stories about how Dak's contract really progresses and gets uh, super expensive for the team. And this is a what have you done for me lately type of league that we're in. They they actually have an out a year mm-hmm. from now and, and he's, he's going to be paid – uh, Patrick Mahomes type money starting next year. I doubt Dak puts up those kind of numbers. So I heard, I saw the Jerry Jones quotes that we're always looking at these young players. We're really excited. We were really excited about Lance coming through the draft process. And, um, you know, you can take those with a grain of salt, but it felt to me like the Cowboys gave the most uh, of all the teams that called. They, In fact, the 49ers, and this might be, just kind of saving face a little bit said we were surprised at how much we got for him. Uh, that might all be true. A fourth round pick is a day three pick. Isn't much even for the number three pick in the draft just a couple of years ago, but 
it really felt to me after reading the Jerry Jones comments that the Cowboys see him as a developmental player that they're going to get a real good look at as a potential replacement. So maybe it's because I've been a Trey Lance supporter over this time and, and I've been wrong about things. And a lot of my, my support of him was that he was attached to Shanahan and that offense, which has developed these quarterbacks, but just didn't work with Trey Lance. And, and maybe there was like, maybe those guys butted heads. Maybe there was a philosophy um, grudge match or something that was going on there that Lance couldn't quite handle Shanahan or vice versa. Cause Shanahan is known to be kind of a hard ass really. I'm, I'm wondering what all happened there. So I see it as a Lance manager in a few leagues as that fresh start. I see it as a, as a positive actually. And I'm just hoping for the best and, and holding on for dear life as we go on in this, Matt. Yeah. I mean, it, it, from a dynasty standpoint, you're probably not moving him for at this point. Like you're not even like, I, I like why even bother moving him for a second at this point? I, I guess you could do that and, and, pick up whoever like the QB six is in next year's class, something like that. If, if, if you wanted to go that route, but it really feels like you just have to hold him right now. I will, I want to, you want to throw a plug. You guys are probably familiar with him. The QB school on, on YouTube. He has a few videos from Trey Lance doing like analyzing his entire um, games from this year's preseason. And I gotta say, man, Trey Lance, like some of the decision-making decisions he's still making out there on an NFL field is it's a little bit questionable <laughs> to, at best. So, and honestly, like, I feel like he's not going to even sniff the field this season. I mean, that, it, even in the event of a DAC injury, it feels like Cooper Rush would, would be the would a quarterback, too, for this season, somebody who's familiar with the system. And, and you know, even in a quarterback-friendly system like, like Kyle Shanahan's, you know, you can make excuses because of all the injuries and all that kind of stuff. But, like, if – it's just tough, tough to see him succeeding in a in a Mike McCarthy kind of kind of environment uh, if he can't do it in a Kyle Shanahan kind of environment. So I think because of the contract with Dak, there's a shot for 2024 uh, where he can compete to be that starter. But I think this season is completely developmental, even if something were to happen to Dak. That's actually a good thing, though. Yeah. I, I think he needs that developmental year. It, it, it's pretty apparent at this point that that things weren't on, on the right track. The the thing that I'm going back to now is what did the 49ers do? And and maybe in part, what did we do as dynasty managers, especially those of us that were so excited about his upside? What did we do wrong? Because we, you know, and I get all the small school stuff and you got to be able to process information and all those things. There were things about Trey Lance's game at North Dakota State that you didn't see at bigger colleges. He, he, he was... He was making the calls for the offensive line in college and and changing the protections up front, all while handling uh, handling quick reads and, and uh, uh, changing the plays for the entire offense and the skill players as well. That's not something that I thought was going to be a big problem for him. But making that transfer to San Francisco and that Shanahan offense where uh, a quick release, quick decision-making and accuracy is such an important part of that offense. That was hard for him. Apparently um, at the same time, I have to say it's crazy that you would invest what the 49ers invested in Trey Lance just a couple of years ago. And I, I'm not just talking about the third pick. They moved up. If you remember yep. back, they, they were at 12 in that draft. So they gave up the 12th pick, the 29th pick the next year, the 29th pick the year after that, and a third round pick 
for Trey Lance and gave him four starts. He only played in eight total games as a San Francisco 49er over those couple of seasons. Well, Dan, you said, and I know they turned it over. Say you, you sent us ahead. a text that you sent us a text with a, with an image that said that the 49ers spent more draft capital to get Trey Lance than the Packers spent for Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Jordan Love combined. And like, I couldn't believe that. Right. I actually had to go and, and double check you to see if that, that was correct. Cause I was so blown away by it. Um, so yeah, like it's just the investment. Like you, we thought the fit, the fit was going to be perfect, but uh, it, it, cl- it clearly wasn't, right? And the price was just so high. Uh, so just it's just a big head scratcher all around. And it's it's wild, and it it really it really gets deeper than that because of what happened with Brock Purdy, who we all know was Mister Irrelevant, late seventh round pick, overlooked by everybody in the league multiple times, including the 49ers. and then has such a magical end to his rookie season and clearly won that job here this, this summer. Once again, he, he grabbed hold of it and did not let go. So Shanahan can turn a player of that ilk into a franchise quarterback. That's leading your team to NFC championship games and is, is really the face of the franchise potentially moving forward. But with a talent like Trey Lance, couldn't get him on board or get him going in the right direction to make things work. Something doesn't add up there. Maybe that'll come out at some point what's going on or what happened there in San Francisco between Trey Lance and Shanahan and that front office, but something doesn't add up to me. And to me as a dynasty manager, that gives me a little bit of hope that maybe there's still something in there. It just wasn't a good fit in San Francisco and we need to see what can happen in Dallas or, or even somewhere else down the road. Is there is there something you guys take away from this in terms of like if you drafted him? I don't know if you guys drafted him or not in rookie drafts. I think I took him at one hundred two, one hundred three, uh, a fair number, a fair, a fair number of times. But I, I just I feel like I'm going to make that same mistake again because of that the tools that we saw the 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 ceiling that can, and the ceiling and the floor that can be there from those kinds of rushing quarterbacks. Like that's something I don't know if I can get away from in super flex leagues because the payoff is just so huge when it hit, when it does hit. The one thing that I've been going back to on it, and I'm, I'm one, I spent the one Oh two. And remember we were passing on guys like Jamar chase in the, (laughs) in that, that year uh, to take Trey Lance. Um, The one thing I'm going back to and, and readjusting or at least recalibrating and trying to think about is Maybe it's the small school thing. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe it's the the lack of competition at the college level. And I thought about that at the time, and I I tended to weigh the Shanahan part of things a little bit higher, and thought that if Shanahan's on board, if he thinks he can turn him into that that ultra productive franchise quarterback, then I'm in. So I was all in. And and I kind of think that maybe the small school part of things is is what's sticking with me out of this. Well, the irony there, of course, is that it's it's very likely that it's Shanahan, the the Shanahan system, which obviously Trey Lance does not fit. Um, that's that's what did him in. And yes, we were viewing that as a good thing. You know, if Trey Lance, or I'm sorry, if if Shanahan can turn Jimmy Garoppolo into this level of quarterback and, and all the other quarterbacks that he's worked with, you know, just imagine what he can do with Trey Lance and he can't do anything with Trey Lance. Um, So I, I I think you're right. I mean, I think that is actually kind of a reason for some long-term hope, but at the same time, the, 
the idea of a, a of another year of him sit, standing on the sidelines and waiting and uh, biding his time. And I mean, we've all heard the stats about how many passes he's thrown since high school, and you know the number is is not very many um, throughout his his high school career and and or I mean his college career and his uh, his NFL career. So if you're telling me there's another year where he's going to throw, you know, less than 50 passes on the season or something, I I just can't view that as a good thing. So ultimately the, the negatives outweigh the positives or the, the silver linings here for me. Yeah. I, you said something that just triggered in my head that I hadn't thought about. Um, he wasn't a fit with the Shanahan offense, right? Well, what's going around? What's spreading around the league like wildfire? Mm, yeah, <laughs> Everybody yeah. in the league is is off this coaching tree. It comes from the Shanahan tree, uh, the Sean McVay tree. You think about every division has has a coach off of that tree now, and every every off season, the hot name in the coaching ranks is probably off of that tree. So if it doesn't work there, man, it's it might not work anywhere. I'm I'm really yeah, sad to true. see it, guys. Yeah, as far as going back to what Matt was asking, like lessons learned from this, I, I, I think you're right on that as well, Dan. You know, the uh, it, not just necessarily the small school, but more of the the meteoric rise, you know, over uh, over dra- the draft season. And, um, you know, if if Anthony Richardson is a bust, then this this will be the pattern that maybe has me worried about those guys who go from you know, off the board day two picks. Now they're top five picks, top 10 picks. Um, that that's kind of what I see. I, I mean, there's other guys Josh Allen is obviously a good example of, of one who went the other way and came from the small school and nobody knew his name a year before the draft or six months before the draft probably. Um, and, and that one's worked out pretty well. So, you know, we, we gotta be careful, obviously, painting uh, those those broad strokes but uh yeah this this one's a tough lesson for sure yeah it's a tough one to take no doubt and we'll see how things go over the coming weeks and months in dallas hopefully he gets into that uh quarterback room learns as much as he can and and progresses uh if you're a dynasty manager right now ryan in Superflex. You're just holding him. But what about in those single quarterback leagues where you didn't invest that first round pick? Maybe you got him in the second round, maybe even the late second round. Are you are you holding on to him through this? If, especially if it's like 22 man roster or something like that. Can you can you hold Trey Lance at this point? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the smaller the roster, obviously, the tougher it is. And usually in those single quarterback leagues, you're talking about, um, yeah, 22, 23, maybe even 20 man rosters. Uh, I, I want the answer to be yes. I'm going to hold and see what happens and uh, make sure Dak is uh, is kind of back to his normal self um, of what we've known over the past few years. But the, the reality is, just like the NFL is making cuts this week, a lot of dynasty managers are making cuts, whether you've got a... Uh, um, you know, a, a week one cut down, maybe your rosters expand in the off season, or maybe you're trying to make room for, uh, uh, for another player who can help you win now. Ultimately it, it's going to be tough for, for Trey Lance to survive on those single quarterback, uh, rosters. Yeah. Good advice for sure. We need to move on right now. I, I opened this segment by saying maybe this is the last time the startup is Trey Lance. 
Honestly, I hope not. He's such a great athlete and he has so many raw tools that if he puts it together, it could be really special. We could be talking about a top five type quarterback in the league. I hope that he realizes that potential, if even for a short time throughout his career. Let's hop in the Dynasty DeLorean. Where we're going, we don't need ADP. Yeah, we thought with the season approaching and the really the the preseason and the rearview mirror at this point, we would try to take a look at what we've what we've thought up to this point and plant our flag into some predictions about players' dynasty value, 2023 production, or just overall feelings uh, towards the upcoming season and maybe even beyond. We 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 thought we'd plant our flag and um, make some. Make some statements, take make some takes on on the future here in the Dynasty DeLorean. So um, it can be anything, guys. Who wants to kick off? I'll start. Okay. Um, Ryan? I have been impressed with uh, what we've seen from the Washington offense. I think everybody has been, uh, specifically Sam Howell. So um, my first one, Sam Howell will finish as a top 15 fantasy quarterback. Uh, I love the rushing upside that he brings, obviously. Uh, I guess a little worried about that Terry McLaurin injury. Hopefully he is uh, back very soon and and doesn't miss much time. But uh, I love that receiving duo of of McLaurin and and Dotson there. And then, you know, the wild card here, of course, is Eric Bien. I mean, that's really what has me uh, excited about Sam Howell and, and honestly about the entire Washington offense. Yeah, I love this one. And in fact, it it steps on. We didn't share these with each other before the show started. It, it might step on the toes of one I'm going to bring up first as well. Uh, Sal Howell, I, I watched every throw that he made in the preseason and really every drop back that he made in the preseason. He was pretty impressive. And even going back to last year and that one start that he had in week 17, he was athletic, more athletic than... Then most people remember, if you, if you think back on his time at North Carolina, uh, there's a stat out there that he actually ran for most yards in more yards in his final season of college than Anthony Richardson did in his final year of college. 800 uh, yards and 11 touchdowns. Right. As a runner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on yeah. Top, you know, as a, in his second to last season in college, he, he made it he made a case for being a first round pick and things kind of fell apart after that. The coaching staff changed. He lost a lot of those weapons, of course, and he slipped all the way to the fifth round. So I don't know. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit on Sam Howell. It feels to me like at the very least uh, we found a quarterback two in super flex leagues that we're going to be pretty excited about and offers that floor that Ryan was just talking about because of his rushing upside and I think he's still developing as a passer. There were a couple times in this preseason where he tucked the ball, almost tucked the ball, stepped up in the pocket, but kept his eyes downfield and then delivered the football. And that's not something we see of all quarterbacks, especially young ones that haven't played a lot in the league. So I like that take. I don't think that's outlandish at all. In fact, it it really fits in with my first um, flag planting, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. I actually had three quarterbacks that I think are all going to be top 15 quarterbacks this Ooh. year. 
It's getting crowded. It's getting crowded. <laughs> but Kenny Pickett is the number one guy in that list. And I know you guys have oh. not been Pickett fans, but you must not be paying attention this preseason. This He's guy looks this sharp. He looks very good. He played all three games the first quarter, and he led a scoring a touchdown drive on every single drive that he was on the field in this preseason. He's got the weapons. We all know about Deontay Johnson. We all know about Pickens on the outside. Fryermuth is a great red zone threat. In fact, I like him too. And Pickett looks stronger. He looks more athletic. And he his arm strength went from level one to level three in this offseason. It's not like he's suddenly Josh Allen or anything like that. But he has the, the arm strength of a, of a very good NFL quarterback. And when you combine that with the accuracy that he came into the league, the processing and the anticipation skills to throw receivers open, those were his strengths, along with that arm strength and now this confidence. We're not just talking top 15. I think there's a chance Kenny Pickett throws 30 touchdowns in 2024. Or 20, yeah, what year is it now? 2023. <laughs> uh, in 2023. Get out of the DeLorean. Is a top, yeah, I was in the DeLorean, sorry. And is a top 10 quarterback in, in fantasy this year. The second guy I want to mention, not quite that high yet. He's only in year one as a starter. But it's Jordan Love. Man, he's looked pretty good, and I I know he misses some throws, and we're going to have to live with that as dynasty players, but he makes some throws that turn heads, and and he made another one here this past Saturday where if you didn't watch it, you, you missed out. He he looks good, man. He he throws with anticipation. He's got the arm strength of, of like a top 10 type quarterback in the league, and his athleticism is just strong enough that he can make plays outside of structure. It's still a little rough and he, he doesn't look polished by any means, but if he gets a little bit of time under his belts and, and it's clear the Packers have to give him that at this point, he's got all these other young weapons that we, we feel at least pretty good about. They're going to grow up together. And as they grow up, we might have another top 15 quarterback. We are overlooking Pickett. Love and Howell right now, and they might be the future, like low end quarterback ones of Dynasty. I like this one. Um, I'm not. I'm not fully on board, really, with any of those guys. I guess, but <laughs> I'm. I'm at least. I'm at least halfway there with all three of them. Uh, I mean, uh, of course, the top fifteen. You guys has, need to apologize to me when Kenny Pickett is a QB one at the end of the year. I, I believe I've been, in Kenny Pickett more than. More than Jordan Love, man. I've been singing his praises since he was drafted. Matt, you cannot get, Listen. you're not welcome on the Kenny Pickett <laughs> Express. You've been talking crap for a year and a half, and I'm not listening to you. You say you like Kenny Pickett because you haven't liked him. I didn't say him I like him. I said I'm, on, I said I'm on board more than I am with, him with Jordan Love. That's all. All right. Now, this, is, this is just a, a bitter Jets fan want- over here. <laughs> well done. Bitter, Ryan. bitter Jets fan. <laughs> I mean, I, you want, you, how many do you want? You want one? I'll, since yeah, since yeah, you talked about Jordan fun. Love, since you, since you talked about Jordan Love here, um, I'll go to another Packer. I, I put a flag plant on Jay, on uh, Jaden Reed. I think he's going to lead the Packer and total Packers and total receptions this season. 
Last season in 2022, Alan Lazard led the team with 100 targets and 60 receptions. Aaron Jones was second with 72 and 59 receptions. Watson with 66 targets and 41 receptions. And I certainly think Watson is going to lead the lead the team in receiving touchdowns, explosive plays, you know, long uh, long receptions, all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, just the way the, the connection that I feel like Reed has with Jordan Love already in this preseason, uh, just it just sticks out to me like he is going to to lead this team reception. He's got the profile for that. It's not going to be Dubs. It's not going to be Watson as a high volume kind of guy. I think it's Jaden Reed that leads this team in receptions in 2023. Mm, that's a yeah. that's a take. I I don't know about that one. I, <laughs> I, I think Dobbs easily has more catches. Uh, well, I said something similar. Go ahead. I said something similar. I don't know. Months ago, maybe, I guess. Um, But I think, I think I said Reed would lead the team in targets. So, I mean, yeah, maybe that's, that's, that's probably close enough, but yeah, I'm a little more on board with this one. I'm uh, higher on Jaden Reed than most probably. And, and probably a little lower on uh, Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. Dobbs is, is rising quickly over there on underdog in, in redraft ranks. He's all the way up in the like ninth round at this point, but he's That's insane. He's looked pretty good in this preseason, man. He, he it, it, when you said a connection with Jordan love, I thought you were going to Dobbs because that's the one that seems to stand out to me. And Reed, Reed caught a nice, uh, caught a touchdown from love and looked good doing it. But, Dobbs has has multiple catches, and if you follow that Packers beat, it feels like every day somebody's saying Romeo Dobbs over the middle, Romeo Dobbs on a slant on third and seven in the red zone. You know those kind of things. It feels like Dobbs was hampered. We we might have been right last preseason when everybody was hyped up on Romeo Dobbs and and his potential in the league, and then he faded. Well, he had that high ankle sprain early in the season, and that clearly affected him. Later in the season, he came on once again, and now this preseason, he's having a strong uh, summer once again. So it feels to me like, like I may have made a mistake when I traded him for a second-round pick over the offseason. That, that might have been wrong. Uh, Ryan, how about another take from you? You got something for us? Yeah, we've been mostly positive here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the other way and be a little negative. Uh, Rashad White. Lead, bud. Okay. Rashad White, <laughs> James Cook. Both going to be bust at their ADP. Oh, uh, we got a we got we got a counter counter we got a flag c- here. Uh, counter take flags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, counter take. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fine. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm just I'm just worried about both of these guys. Obviously, last year's rookies, neither were the lead backs for their team. Um, I, I I do think they flashed enough to be interesting dynasty assets. I, I don't trust them as starters for their team. Uh, in Tampa Bay, we've already seen uh, Sean Tucker play a uh, undrafted. Sorry, Sean agent. Tucker, yes, undrafted. <laughs> Sean Tucker get a uh, get some work with the first team. Um, I I don't think it's clear at this point. We're going to talk unanswered questions later. I don't think it's clear at this point that this is even Rashad White's uh, job. Certainly not as the uh, as, as a bell cow back. And, and James Cook, all the reports on him coming out of Buffalo have been. Uh, positive and glowing, but he's still he's still a sub two hundred pound back that was called the best pass catcher in the class last year on a team that doesn't throw to the running backs very much. So 
Uh, I love Damian Harris there. He's the guy I would be targeting for way, way, way cheaper. Almost free. Matt, what's your thoughts on that? Um, one of my flag plants was Rashad White will be a top 15 dynasty running back in October's ADP. Uh, in week 12 last season, which was the only game he played without Leonard Fournette, he scored 19.9 fantasy points. He caught nine out of nine targets and had a 21.4% target share in that game. And I know that, that a lot of that could be the Brady factor. He's so good at throwing to the running back. We don't know if he's going to be used the same way with uh, either Mayfield or Trask, whoever. Uh, I, I guess both are probably going to start at some point this season. Um, so that's the only hiccup to this one. But I really like what I saw. We get those high leverage touches uh, in the passing game. You know, he's he's also a little bit of a bigger back, not maybe not necessarily as explosive as an, of an athlete as Sean Tucker. And I do think Sean Tucker is very good. And if he had, hadn't had those medical issues i can't remember exactly what it was uh, in that pre-draft process but i think he probably would have been like a fourth or fifth round pick so that's a that's a little bit misleading i think in terms of draft capital but i just really like his rashad white skill set and in a in an offense with a quarterback with, with quarterbacks that are you know uncertain at best uh, in, in terms of their ability to get the ball downfield to both godwin and evans in the passing game i just think there's going to be a lot of dump offs to rashad white and i think he can handle the between the tackles work as well well, the Sean Tucker so, thing, he was a he was going to be a mid-round pick, right? We expected him yeah. to be an early day 3 guy. Um he had a he had a really nice career at Syracuse. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what the what the deal was with that that medical thing that came up. We actually talked to him Ryan when we were at the combine. Mm-hmm. I I listened to listened to his interview and asked him a couple questions and he was a he's a real down-to-earth guy. He's He's um, he's not flashy at all. He seems like the kind of guy that wants to get to work and grind out yards and and do whatever the team needs him to do to to be successful. And when I went back and watched his tape from Syracuse, I saw that player. I saw a guy that that wanted to run between the tackles. He liked to take on tacklers. He was he was just fine doing that. He'd catch passes out of the backfield, and that's what gives me a little bit of pause as well. It feels like he got into Tampa Bay's camp. And they saw him on on a play here and there and thought to themselves, we need to get this guy a few more opportunities. So that that's what gives me a little bit of pause when it comes to White. Because like Ryan said, we we didn't necessarily think think of him as a every down back, a bell cow type runner when he was coming through the draft process. And now suddenly he's been elevated to that on a on a bad team, by default, I would say. By default. By default, yep. Um, on a on a relatively bad team, or what is expected to be a bad team, on an offensive line that that is not great uh, at best, right? Now that, that might be a that might be looking at it with rose colored colored glasses. Which again says to me they're going to need quick passes, and Rashad White is, has the best receiving skill set in that backfield. So sure. Matt, you said you said he would be a top fifteen dynasty running back per our ADP. By October. October. So the the Buccaneers play four games before we start collecting that ADP. The Vikings, the Bears, the Eagles, and the Saints. Those are the their first four games. So you're saying in in against those teams that Rashad White is going to prove that he should be valued ahead of Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins, Derrick Henry, and Javante Williams. He has to leapfrog all of those to get into the top 15 from where he currently is against 
some solid defenses. Vikings, the one of the best defenses, the Eagles, plus the Saints and the Bears. They stink. <laughs> Speaking of the Bears, that's, that's right. where I got to plant my second flag. All right. There is no way to quantify this one. But I think there are 60 quarterbacks in the NFL with better accuracy than Justin Fields. Did you say 60? That means that means every including the two backups in oh Chicago right now. There are oh two of them. Oh my god. This I, is this is a bitter take. This is bad. I this stumbled bad. I stumbled across a video of every drop back from Justin Fields in the preseason. And it was brutal. It was so bad. In fact, this past week he he played, and there was a simple check down to a running back. Uh, you know the standard little hook route on third and thirteen when the linebackers drop into deep zone, and the running back just runs through the middle of the field, turns around, and the ball he the, he could hardly touch the ball. It was that bad with no pressure around him. The, the touchdown that he threw to DJ Moore in week one, a horrible throw on that quick screen. It was bad. It was bad. Awful throw. The easiest throw an NFL quarterback can make. One step drop, throw it to the outside. The receiver isn't even moving. And if it wasn't DJ Moore, it would have been a dropped pass. It might have got tipped and picked off. He is awful. So bad. I understand he could be a top five quarterback in fantasy. That doesn't make him a good quarterback. And I, I apologize because I was saying things like this about Jalen Hurts a couple of years ago. Remember, I'm sure you guys remember. I said you got to yeah, trade him. We all were. We all were. <laughs> yeah, I said, but I, I, was, I was standing on the soapbox, and I feel bad about it now. And maybe Justin Fields can turn it around, but whatever he did this offseason wasn't it. It's going to have to be running. And I know, Matt, you're one of those guys that say running quarterbacks, they don't get hurt as much, whatever. When you run, you get hit more than if you stand in the pocket. You, you, you're, you're willing it's, to take those hits. He is going to get hurt doing what he does. And I think it's going to bite dynasty managers hard. I am in that. I just talked about league tycoon. Me and Ryan are in that league. He brought up Justin Fields twice. And according to our, our math, he was a value at points. And I just didn't want to go in on him. I am so scared of Justin Fields that that he is he is an illusion. That we saw the best of Justin Fields last year potentially, and that was because he's a freak athlete, and he's one injury away from that all being taken away from him uh, in his prime of of being so athletic. I'm so scared of Justin Fields. I am not kidding. There are there are 60 quarterbacks that have better accuracy than Justin Fields. And I would I would venture to guess that there are more accurate quarterbacks in like the XFL. I am not kidding about that. It's it's ugly. So Dan, he's currently quarterback seven in our ADP. Obviously, you think that's too high. Trevor Lawrence is right behind him. You would flip flop those. Uh, Deshaun Watson is next. You want Watson or Fields? Dynasty. I think I, I'd take Watson over him. Richardson <laughs> is next. Well, it, that's a similar situation. Yeah, right? we, we're, we we're, might have some of the same questions. We're right? battling the same thing. If that's the case, I'm I'm probably taking Fields because he's at least done it. Uh, and I think he's 24 and Richardson is almost 22. So it's not like we're talking about an older guy. Uh, I, I think I'd take Fields there. But when you get a little bit lower, I think you're going to run into guys like like Tua who has metal, medical 
issues, but is way more accurate and has a way longer shelf life. The only thing that Justin Fields has to do, Ryan, to become a 10-year starter and a guy that we can build our fantasy teams around forever is become more accurate. And that's one of the hardest things to do, right? Yeah. We don't see quarterbacks make that drastic of change very often. And I understand we've seen a couple in the last five years or five, six years with Allen and Hertz specifically. Maybe Fields can do that. But if he doesn't do that, he is going to be out of – he will not be a starting NFL quarterback at some point. I just don't think it matters for fantasy. Last season, like he, he was real for a couple bad. Of years he's, until he doesn't. He's not a starting when he's not a starting quarterback. He won't be the number seven quarterback in our ADP. He'll be the number twenty seven quarterback, and that I fall is going to be hard and fast. Yeah, I guess I just don't think it matters for fantasy. He only threw one hundred forty nine point five passing yards per game, which is twenty fifth in the league last season. Only seventeen passing touchdowns, eleven interceptions, and he was still the quarterback six. Uh, and and he's his his weapons are upgraded. Like I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of the player necessarily, but I just don't see how he, from a fantasy standpoint, how he fails. Uh, and in, in, in terms of the like you know runners get hurt less than pocket passers, that's a you know that's just numbers. I, I'm not saying I necessarily believe it one way or another. I'm just look, look, looking at the numbers i think it was dr edwin porus football injury doc on twitter he did a study uh over the last i think to 2011 maybe since 2000 i can't remember exactly you'll have to go look it up but uh it, the numbers show that runners get out get hurt less often than pocket pocket quarterbacks do because they are more expecting the hit they are bracing for the hit they're putting their body in a position where they're not and if you look at lamar jackson his last two injuries were from the pocket not when he was a runner so uh, I just, this one's tough for me. Uh, I, I, I see where you're getting at from the standpoint of he may not be an NFL starting quarterback, but as long as he is for fantasy, I just don't see him failing. Let's get to the next one. Uh, who's up? Is it me? I think so. All right. Uh, if you listen to, I have two more, I'll throw this one out. If you listen to anything I've said this off season, you know, I'm going to love tank Dell. I I've said that I, my, my flag plan is that tank Dell is going to lead the Texans in receptions, all of the size issues. Uh, I mean, it's the preseason. I understand, but he only played in the first preseason game. He showed exactly what he did at Houston. Uh, the size was not an issue on that goal line touchdown. Now he should have caught the caught it on the first try and not when it bounced off of his leg or whatever. Um, but throughout the throughout that game, he was just always open, whether it was inside, whether it was outside. Uh, he just shows incredible ability to get open, whether it's using his inside leverage on the outside, on slants, on on fades. Uh, so I just, I'm, I'm in love with tank Dell. I think he's going to lead that team in receptions. If it's not him, who's this going to be? Nico Collins caught a touchdown, uh, in the game a couple of nights ago. Uh, but he also dropped a real easy one on the sideline. Uh, Robert Woods is, you know, whatever at this point, I just think he has a real connection with the quarterback, CJ Stroud. And I think it's almost, I won't say it's a lock, but I'm pretty, pretty close to 80, 90% feeling that tank tank Dell is going to lead that team in receptions this season. Let's get through these last couple that we have each, uh, real quickly. Fire them off, Ryan. Whatever yeah, I've just left. got one more. I've okay. got one more. It's uh, not much of a stretch here. Zay Flowers will be a top 20 dynasty wide receiver by the end of the season. He's currently at 31. So like I said, not, not much of a jump up for him uh, needed. I think he's the top target, uh, top wide receiver target for, uh, in Baltimore. I think you could have even taken that a little far. He might even be like a top 16 type guy, top 15 yeah. guy. That's a good one for sure. I got a couple more. 
Uh, first one, Jacksonville is going to be really, really, really good. They, I think they're the, I know we're not a betting show, but their over under is nine and a half wins. I think that is an easy over. I got it at minus 120. I think when I checked yesterday when I was thinking about this, it was minus 140 already. But that is an easy one. They play in the worst division in the league, 24th ranked schedule. Uh, as far as how hard the schedule is, they play the Titans, Colts, and Texans two times each. And that offense, as it transfers to Dynasty, Kelvin Ridley, Zay Jones, uh, Christian Kirk, they got the running back in order. They improved that offensive line. Man, that offense is going to be fun to watch. My favorite bet of the year is Jacksonville. Over nine and a half wins. I think it's a lock. Uh, the other one I had, David Montgomery is a Dynasty League winner this year. And Ooh. I think he's going to outscore Jameer Gibbs this season and wow. next season in Dynasty. Wow. Matt, what else you got? Um, man, I, I I think Gibbs is a threat to you know finish top two or three in receptions and at the running back position this season. Um, but my last one is uh, like another Swift one that you heard. <laughs> He's better than Swift. Uh, my last uh, my last one is one you've heard a million times this season. Is Geno Smith? He's going to finish as a top eight fantasy quarterback this season. The team just got better around him. This injury to JSN uh, is a little bit concerning. Uh, in terms of him having the, the, the best wide receiver uh, trio in the entire league. Um, but uh, I, just, I just think that he's going to improve on what he did last season. Yeah, we all know that Matt Price is a Geno homer. So uh, let's, let's get to the drum beats. Dynasty drum beats. Yeah, there are a handful of unanswered questions coming out of the preseason that we're going to try to answer for our for our uh, listeners here. And it starts in Arizona. Starting quarterback in Arizona, Ryan. Kyler Murray was placed on the pup. He's going to miss a minimum of four games. That's not a surprise. There's whispers out of Arizona that maybe they're going to be tanking. Maybe they're thinking Caleb Williams. Maybe, maybe there's a lot of messed up stuff going on down there with the Cardinals. They traded for Josh Dobbs last week. Uh, of course, they released Colt McCoy on Monday. Um, we don't know who the week one is. One starter is. Even in Superflex, does it matter who the starter is in Arizona unless you have Hollywood Brown? Yeah, it, it probably doesn't matter. Uh, I, I do think it's, I mean, it's obviously an interesting situation uh, because they made the last, kind of the last minute trade. Um the the refusal to name the starting quarterback is always strange, I think. Uh, but I mean, Jonathan Gannon is, is kind of a strange guy based on some of those some of those clips we saw when he uh, when he got the job there. So, I mean, this is this is of course going to be a terrible offense, one of the worst teams in the league, and and a team that we've been generally staying away from. So, yeah, it's an unanswered question, but. I don't know. Yeah, like you said, outside of Hollywood Brown, I don't know that it matters that much. Matt, do you care about anything going on down there with the Cardinals? Uh, you know, I'm I'm holding a, uh, I'm keeping the candle burning for uh, Rondale Moore, but that wick is getting real short. So uh, 
<laughs> he's he's got to show something this season or it's over for him. I think Tank Dell is is what we want uh, Rondell Moore to be. Wanted Rondell. Oh boy, Moore. back to Tank Dell. It's it's getting <laughs> deep in here. Uh, Trey McBride is is another one. We're all kind of holding out hope if we got him yeah. on a dynasty r- roster. But yeah, absolutely. Jackerts is a big brick wall in the way of that. At least for the first half of the season, it looks like there's a handful of uncertain backfields in the NFL. None bigger than in Seattle, Matt and. If you're on the Kenneth Walker side, if you're on the Zach Charbonnet side, some people are in the middle sitting on that wall. Which side do you fall on, and how do you think things are going to shake out? I mean, I feel like both are going to be going to be good. They're just going to be good in different ways. Walker's going to yeah. have to bust some long touchdowns like he did before, but I think Charbonnet is going to score more touchdowns, more short yarded touchdowns, and he's going to catch more passes. So I'm on the Charbonnet side, um, but I certainly don't hate Kenneth Walker either. He showed his ability to have those explosive plays. It's just consistency from him and the lack of pass catching that gives you pause. How about in Detroit, Ryan? That's one I just touched on. Montgomery versus Gibbs, the rookie versus the elder statesman that they brought in in free agency and at least gave semi-good money to um, to be that short yardage guy. We assume to be that between-the-tackles guy. Gibbs has taken over the role of DeAndre Swift. Maybe he can be better at it. Maybe he can be stay on the field like Swift couldn't. Either way, it does feel like this is going to be a timeshare. This is going to be a split that is going to – be a thorn in the side of dynasty managers at least early in the season yeah i think so and and this is one where i do want both and honestly it's it's not that hard to get both it's at least not that hard to get uh david montgomery uh jameer gibbs i mean the value has spiked like crazy he's the rb3 yeah. in our adp uh, i actually got even more aggressive than that i moved him up to the rb2 in my own rankings so i, I definitely am a believer in jameer gibbs and his talent and his role in this offense, but at the same time, uh, even if Montgomery gets a fraction of what Jamal Williams got, um, we're going to be happy based on where he's being valued currently. And honestly, David Montgomery is just a better, a better football player than Jamal Williams. So, uh, you know, give us a portion of those touchdowns plus some additional work, um, you know, inside the twenties or, uh, yeah, outside of the twenties. And, uh, I think both of these guys uh, are, are players that I would want to target in Dynasty right now. Per, per J.J. Zacharyson, Gibbs hit a 15% uh, reception share in all three of his collegiate seasons. Gibbs is one of two drafted running backs since 2011 with a best season reception share above 15% and a best season yards per route run uh, higher than 3.2. The other guy was Christian McCaffrey. Christian I think McCaffrey. he's the next Christian McCaffrey, the next Austin, Austin Eckler, however you want to put it. I think he's a lock for 70-plus catches, even as a rookie. I think I heard a stat. Oh, I wish I remember who said it or exactly what it was, but it was something like Jameer Gibbs never converted a short yardage carry in his college career. So that's the the touchdowns are going to be an issue. And that's why Montgomery is there. We're going to see it. It's going to be hard for Gibbs to get in the end zone unless it's a big play. Uh, So there's a little bit of give and take there. And that's where my Montgomery take came in in Detroit. It is clear that they get first and goal to goal from the one and they want to plunge it in with a running back. It's going to be Montgomery every single time in Washington. That's another uncertain backfield, Matt. It's Robinson versus Gibson. You were a Gibson guy for a while. Robinson comes in, man, what's changed since last year? Probably nothing, right? 
I mean, I just I'm just not impressed with any. I think Robinson is a replacement level player. They can give him the 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 between the tackles grinder kind of carries. I think Gibson can do that too, but he also has the pass catching upside. With Eric Bieniemy in town, I mean, we know he loves the screen game, and I think that Gibson's going to be the benefactor of that. So I, it, it's Gibson for me. I'm not even interested in Robinson at all. If I can move him for a second round pick, easily all day. Hmm. Ryan, which side of that do you have? It's just a, it just comes down to talent for me. I I just want uh, Antonio Gibson there, and and I just feel like Robinson has such a low ceiling uh, that even if he's kind of the lead back as he was last year, I want I want Gibson. Yeah, I kind of agree with both of you on that one. How about in Philadelphia? Same division, but a different kind of problem. DeAndre Swift, the satellite back, the pass catcher, the electrifying player versus. Rashad Penny, who is that between the tackles burst, and then Kenneth Gainwell, who's not the same guy that he was coming out of Memphis, certainly, and now he's apparently running with the ones. This is a mess, Ryan. What do you, In Philadelphia, they don't throw it to their running backs, so does it really matter? I, I don't know what to do with this. I don't either, honestly. Uh, I mean, my uh, my thought early on after they signed Rashad Penny, traded for DeAndre Swift, I, I kind of started treating this like uh, the old theory on the uh, Patriots backfield, just target the cheapest guy. Um, and, and for a while, that was Kenny Gainwell. He's, he's as you said, kind of started to gain some value. The one thing I'm I'm certain of is I'm, I'm not paying that price for DeAndre Swift. He's... Uh, you know, he's, he's still, while his value has dropped quite a bit, he's still being valued at that upside. He's RB 27 right now. I mean, crazy to think that he's fallen that far, but that might still be too high for uh, what his role could be. DeAndre Deep. Swift seems like the obvious choice for wait for that blow up game and trade that guy away and hope somebody yeah. will pay for it at this point. We need to get to some injury injuries that have happened throughout the preseason it's jerry judy in denver terry mclaurin uh who's tough as nails seems like he plays through everything in washington and then jackson smith and jigba matt uh in seattle these three receivers have had i guess different different levels of injuries uh between the three of them what do you think of these guys is there a guy specifically that you want to talk about here how about the ones who are benefiting from this primarily uh, Jahan Dotson? Like it's, it's choo choo all aboard the Jahan Dotson train right now. Uh, his value is flying up. You cannot even get him for a single first anymore. Uh, he's the benefactor of this, of these three. I mean, the most I'm, one I'm most interested in is, is JSN. Uh, and then uh, opposite of Jerry Judy, you know, the Cortland Sutton shares uh, that people ha- have been holding on to and hoping he comes back. Those are looking pretty good for the early season as well. It does feel like all three of these are relatively short term, although, uh, you know, this this Jerry Judy injury, that's the kind of thing that kind of lingers. And maybe maybe you hear, oh, there was a setback and that that's it's tough to take. I was a Judy guy coming out and I thought this could be the breakout season. This injury really set him. Maybe it never happens for Jerry Judy. And that's just that's a shame. Are you taking a single first for Jerry Judy right now? Because he just seems like there's always something with this guy, always something with him. I, yeah. I really feel that way at this point. It's time to it's time to sell out if you if you can. Um, how about in New York? Those Giants, man! Everything just keeps. Point. I love that coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, man, he's got me. 
over there in New York. That New York is going in the right direction. I love Daniel Jones as a fantasy quarterback at this point. He's underrated. He provides that floor because of a sneaky uh, rushing element of his game. Now they have Darren Waller, who's getting all the pub over there in New York. He's expected to be a top five tight end once again, an athletic guy down the field that makes plays up the seam. He gets into a preseason game, and Jones hits him three times in a row to just prove everybody's point that he, that he's going to be a big part of the offense. But outside of that, the wide receivers are still kind of a hodgepodge of players that are thrown together. Your guy, Ryan, Wandale Robinson is is expected to be back before week one, but word out of New York is that he'll be eased into things with Hodgins yeah. and Slayton and Jalen Hyatt, uh, Sterling Shepard. I think I'm missing one guy in there. Um, yeah, Paris, Paris Campbell, Campbell, who came in uh, through free agency. Those guys have been there throughout camp. So it's going to be, it feels to me like Robinson will get his chance in the slot at some point. He proved himself with this coaching staff. This front office brought him in. But at this point, early in the season, Hodgins was the no-name that came in last year. Hyatt's the new guy that is that deep, deep threat that made a few plays in the preseason. And, and you know, his backers are really uh, pounding the table for him right now. It's a mess because there's a lot of good players in that receiver realm. <laughs> Who's the guy, Ryan? Who's, who do you want? If you're if you got to start somebody in week one that's name isn't Darren Waller and is a wide receiver, which one is it? Oh, well, that that's a, a different question than where yeah. I thought you were going. I, okay. I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking dynasty, I think it's, it, it becomes a pretty easy question for me, but week one, who am I starting? Uh, yeah. Isaiah Hodgins, I think yeah. is probably who so, I'm going who, with in week okay, one. Who do you want on your dynasty roster? Wandale. Well, I mean, Wandale and, and Hyatt, I think, I think it's Hyatt. answers. I really do. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm a Wandale guy too. I liked him last year. I got him on a handful of teams. I was a Hyatt guy until the draft capital didn't come in and I bailed a little bit and I regret it after this preseason guys, he dusted sauce Gardner and he looked good doing it. He, he looks electrifying and, and maybe he could be that, that like loose cannon that, that makes just one big play every single game. He looks like that kind of player just in a couple preseason samplings. And if that happens, we all might've messed up on Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, he certainly looks good. Um, has looked good this preseason, and we really did kind of give up on him maybe too soon as as he fell further in the draft than than expected. And obviously his uh, his his rookie draft status fell as a result of that. Um, I, I don't know. It, it really is. You named the names already: Robinson, Hodgins, Slayton, Paris Campbell. I, I I just I don't know if there's even going to be room for. Um, for a guy like Darius Slayton, you know, they tried to trade him last year, weren't really successful. They needed him by the end of the year because everyone else fell off. I just wonder out of these six guys, once they are all healthy, if that even happens, who is the odd man out? And, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have those cuts later this week. And maybe one of these guys doesn't even make the 53 man roster. Um, So maybe, maybe the giants answer this for us. It feels like, they're all going to have to make it because they've, they've gone through six or seven receivers every single year. They got to, they got to just keep them all. I got to, we all play the best ball. We all play best ball leagues guys. I have bought every yeah. single one of these guys at some point, just because <laughs> you, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, last one we got to, to we got to get to in these unanswered questions. 
these veteran running backs that signed in the last what 10, 12, 15 days, whatever it's been, Zeke and Delvin Cook, they're gonna they're gonna make an impact at some level this year. Matt, how big a how big a impact is this gonna be? I, th- I think I think zero. I mean, I brew, moved Brees Hall down zero? one spot from running back two to running. Yeah, for me, I mean, for dynasty value, I, I think I moved Brees Hall down one spot, running back two to running back three. Uh, R- Ramondre Stevenson. I'm not the only thing I would be to me. I would be worried about with, with with Ezekiel Elliott for Ramondre is the touchdown numbers. But Ramondre only scored five touchdowns last season. Still finishes the running back seven for him. It's all about the pass catching. He's still the best patch, pass catching back on the roster. He caught 69 last season. Maybe Pierre Strong. Uh, you know, eats into that a little bit. There was some a little bit of hype of that earlier in the off season, but uh, I mean, I don't think either of these guys really moves the needle too much for me. It's going to be difficult for Pierre Strong to eat into it from Cleveland, though. Oh, I missed that. That's what happens yeah, when you leave traded. the country for a week. <laughs> That's what happens when you leave the country for a week. Yeah, yeah. Don't go to Belize and and not catch the Pierre Strong news. I can't, we should have hit that in the startup. Really, um, yeah. The the Zeke thing uh, that that made Pierre Strong. Uh, I guess, I guess trade eligible uh, well, for the Patriots. How about you, Ryan? Is what about Delvin? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little more worried about um, Brees Hall maybe than, uh, than Matt is at least in the short term. Um, but I too did not move Brees Hall down. I, I had him, I think I had him at RB three and still do uh, following the Delvin cook signing. Um, I'm actually a little more worried about Ramondre, his role, his production, and his dynasty value. I think he's the one that that might take the hit, not not Breesaw. Yeah, and Ramondre, he he really fell off late in the season. I know a lot of dynasty players are saying, "Man, Ramondre had such a great season," but they're forgetting in the playoffs he faded hard and and he had a hard time uh, uh, really putting productive games together late in the season. Seems like he wore down just a little bit. So. Uh, I guess that's going to do it for the episode. We got through it. We uh, we talked about League Tycoon. Go check them out, leaguetycoon.com. Man, that's such a fun platform to play on. Uh, we also got to some of those unanswered questions, and we planted our flag in some of those players. If you got some flags to plant for dynasty players and values, let us know at DLF uh, or at uh, Ryan's at Ryan MC 23 Matt's at Matt price FF. We got D- at DLF podcast for the pod and I'm at D Myler 22 for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again. Next Thank week. you for listening to the DLF dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. I hate you.